0: The Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Giannetti, and we are going to talk some football. We're going to talk some baseball, PD suspension, but we're going to start with hockey, because maybe the greatest hockey story, aside from the miracle on ice, I'm with you on has that. occurred. It is ridiculous. Incredible and amazing and inspiring. Yes. Actually, yes. all in one. Yes. The Vegas Golden Knights making the Stanley Cup Finals as the Western Conference champions
1: pretty easily too. Yeah, I mean, really, they were. Yeah, they didn't really they only have too much resistance. lost three games
2: in yeah. three rounds of the playoffs. Man,
1: it is. Uh, that is quite quite a spectacle. It's been fun to watch. That they're a good team to watch. They're a good hockey team to watch. And the and I mean the story is incredible, but. Uh, you know, in a time where we're all sitting around talking about sports gambling, you know, to have a team, an inaugural team in, in Las Vegas, where everybody was kind of hemming and hawing about this. Was this going to work? You know, where are we going from here? The, the biggest underdog and the most unlikely story is now real. <laughs> Our reality, yeah. At five hundred to one odds, right. if you were
2: a uh, if you were an early adopter of the Knights, uh, you were like,
0: oh, well, you know,
2: hey, I'm a good fan. I'll throw a couple bucks on the cha- on that, right?
0: All right, yeah. And everybody asks me, how does this happen? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having worked in the NHL uh, for a team for eleven years, of uh, the Sabers. Uh, for those who don't know. Most people are in Buffalo. Um, listen to this or those who are outside of Buffalo. I worked for the Sabres for 11 years in the broadcast department. And let me tell you why this was possible. Number one, you mentioned, oh, let's talk about the easily part. Yeah. Number one, I thought this was a down year for the Western Conference because the, the top teams have played a ton of hockey. The Chicago Blackhawks, L.A. Kings. Those are worn out hockey teams. San Jose Sharks,
2: even a little, yeah, little
0: bit too older teams battling with injuries. But that, they, they were like kind of one tier down for me from Chicago, L.A. Teams that have you know flip flop years and winning the Stanley Cup uh, championship because they have the best players, but. You know, when you throw in Olympics, you throw in World Championships. These guys have played a lot of hockey. It wears on you, uh, the grind they go through to win the Stanley Cup. I remember Dave Anderchuk when he was at Tampa. Um, years later, they had a book, and we were sitting there in a morning skate in Tampa, and he shows me the book. He's like, "Oh yeah, I lost so much weight during the Cup Finals. Like, we uh, pictures of IVs guys taken <laughs> after the game. So it just drains you. And you think about it every other day. The skates, the energy, all that stuff that goes into it. So um, when you are successful there 's going to be uh, some down years. There just has to be because of all that hockey that they play now the build up of the team you mentioned castoffs and such. this team is not so no, much a bunch of castoffs I, I agree with you it, uh, unlike other expansion years, because of Mike your area, the cap That's right. the salary the, you look at when San Jose came in, when Ottawa came in uh, these weren 't cap years. There wasn't a salary cap to deal with, so there wasn't any maneuvering and dealings that uh, those expansion teams were able to do to say, "Okay, you know what? I won't take this guy, but you got to give me picks to take this person
1: so so the, the actual building process is a little different than in past, but from a player's perspective, men- mentally they still feel like they were thrown off the original team. correct they were picked off they, they were the one player picked off their team so from in their mentality. The fact that they've gone to Vegas and they're starting this this brand new franchise to, to them, they have been cast off from their original, from where they came from. I, I I would agree.
0: the The other reason why they've won is, and this is no secret in hockey's goaltending. Yep, and this is where no George question. McPhee was brilliant. Yes, the first player he That's got right. was Mark Andre Fleury, and,
2: and in every way, Mark Andre Fleury has won a Stanley Cup. He has performed at the highest level. Uh, he is a great guy. He is a team leader. He embraced going to Vegas. Not every player does that. Correct. Uh, you know, so it, it, what makes them different as an expansion team is no other expansion team had a Stanley Cup winning goalie dropped. Onto their roster, and I'll give you an example of another guy. What we're talking, a guy like James Neal, is only there because of the cap, because he's an unrestricted free agent, and the team that had him, Nashville, wasn't going to be able to keep him, so they they took what they could get. So now you're talking about a legitimate top two line NHL former at times star player on an expansion team. Only for reasons but, of salary. But count.
0: that wasn't just, all right, I'm going to take James Neal off your hands because he's a goal scorer. It, you know, you're building an expansion team. Why do I want to, You want to take some young players you can build with, right? You don't want to take guys who are going to walk away after one year, even though it gives you some legitimacy it does. in James Neal. But that's where some of the dealings uh, occurred. But let me go back to Marc-Andre Fleury for a second because you talked about somebody who embraced it, and guys love him. The Penguins players love Marc-Andre Fleury. He is a, a great locker room guy, if you will, if a goaltender can be one. And, you know, he had concussion issues and, and lost his starting gig in Pittsburgh. So he's got a new start. He goes in to be the number one. And because of how he embraced it, it made the other players embrace and help galvanize. Now let's look at the, some other players on the roster, right? Um, you, you also have uh, Malcolm Subban, who was the backup goaltender there. And, uh, Max legacy also, uh, played some, then a couple of the guys played a few games, but, uh, Malcolm Subban is a highly regarded and when he was coming out uh, and moved around with a couple different – this is his third team, I believe, because he was Boston, then Vancouver, uh, and now the Golden Knights. It's uh, P.K. Subban's younger brother and a, a top prospect coming out. Goaltenders take longer. So they went out and they got two good goaltenders to begin with, and what a great start for an expansion team. Then you look at – you mentioned Neil. Then they got another guy like David Perron. Okay, David Perron was a high-end scoring forward when he was younger. Again, concussion issues. He's only 29 years old, and it's kind of a resurrection for him. He scored 16 goals uh, on, on the season, but there is someone knows how to be a pro, knows how to score. Uh, it, William Carlson who led him in goals this year. This is not a cast-off here. This is a guy who was a high-round draft pick by the Anaheim Ducks. He went to Columbus, scored 19 there. It wasn't like like, you're getting nearly a 20-goal score, Like, that didn't happen the last time you had expansion teams. You got the guys who uh, scored two goals uh, in there. And then you've got other veterans who know how to play a gritty game. Derek England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at him. Uh, Ryan Reeves, right? You got somebody out there patrolling so nobody messes with you. Braden McNabb, who played in Buffalo. This is a big defenseman uh, who had a, a lot of upside and a lot of promise and played with the Kings. Like, he learned how to how to play – with the Kings, uh, Lucas Pisa. I mean, they, the, the list goes on and on. Eric Holla, who was a great young prospect, 29 goals uh, with the Minnesota Wilds. Right. So it wasn't because, like they got a they bunch of they had other bumps.
2: defensemen in Minnesota that they wanted to protect, so they had to make the decision to let him go.
0: And they made a trade at the deadline. like So he didn't just sit back, yeah. right? And, and many speculated, oh, they're going to go get uh, – why can't I think of his name? Evander from, Kane Evander Kane from Buffalo. Because Evander Kane was in Vegas flashing cash once during a lockup. He thought, <laughs> all right, Evander Kane. Listen, George McPhee is smart, and, you know, Evander Kane, you're bringing a personality into the locker room. You can't bring him into that locker room where he'd be the biggest personality. He didn't, he didn't get traded to San Jose where he fit right in in a role and had a great playoffs, right? But um, it wasn't the biggest personality. He went and got Thomas Tatar. Yeah who, again, a talented player from Detroit, uh, somebody there moving on from. Great trade, because that's a player who could fit in, play anywhere up and down your lineup on the forward lines. And let and me add this, Mike. They got one heck of a coach in Gallant. Anybody in, in hockey circles, when he was hired by Florida, like, oh, great hiring. When he got fired by Florida, like, that's a huge mistake. Yeah, because he didn't
2: mesh with their new way of thinking in Florida, so now no. all of a sudden a legitimate guy comes on the market.
1: So so let's let's kind of transition right into where do we go from here right because you've talked to Tyre you talked about sort of the moves they made to sort of build it up a little bit but a lot of these guys you just mentioned <laughs> you know are going to be some sort of free agent in the next 2 months and they've given up their draft picks right. to make that trade correct you know they've sort of they sort of forfeited maybe the next 2 years to to kind of throw it all in the basket here and obviously it's worked obviously they've yeah. they've gotten to the finish line here well, um, I recognize they, they have to. Like, there's so, so many
0: so many windows, I and so. I think George McPhee, you know, a longtime GM of the Capitals,
1: yeah, he's had some heartbreak.
0: Yeah, and well, he made a horrible deal, by the way, <laughs> the the uh, Forsberg deal, yeah. right? I mean, just yeah. a bad deal. Uh, where would it, you know the Caps are going to Game Seven as we record this with the Lightning? But uh, right. it, it'd be over if they didn't if they had Philip Forsberg.
1: Yeah, heck of a story. If it's Caps Vegas, though. It'd, it'd be great, be, yeah it 'll be great, it's right in the storyline listen
0: it 's if washington 's ever going to win the cup,, yeah. this is the year, and if the Golden Knights of an expansion team would ever win the cup, this right. is the year yeah. you recognize do you, and McPhee you, think, you
2: think the Vegas factor has a lot to do with all of this sitting over this mike uh, and i don 't mean the Vegas factor of the of the gambling but but the whole New team in a new sports market uh, that that needed to make an impact and grab the fans uh, and make a flash it all led to a lot of these decisions.
1: Sure, I mean it's we've talked about the inspiration it's sort of pushed out with the league and you know maybe it, maybe it is a down year in the conference and but maybe they've capitalized on that. I mean, quite yes, frankly, I mean maybe yeah. they've kind of thrown. Not just you know cash and 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 a big roster together to kind of capitalize on that, but they put a they put an entire city. I mean, I've got family out there, I've got friends out there. We've seen the social media posts. This is a a sort of a cult, you know, following for this yes. brand new team, and you're gonna have that with anything new to start. But the, the fact that they shot up the standings, the fact that they sort of embraced the social media side of things, they threw parties, they had concerts before games, in the regular season, not just you know, uh, the postseason. How about season. their pregame ceremonies? Yeah. The, the, yes. they're, they're,
0: they're, they're Vegas shows. Exactly yeah. what it's they should cool. be. This yeah, is similar right. to
1: Nashville sort of embracing right. the culture with the hockey. and It all just came together, and look how quickly they won. Yeah, so, and I yeah. think
2: it, as as a general manager in a front office makes personnel decisions, yeah. I think that was part of it. Like It, it behooved them – to make decisions to be good right away, and maybe they're not so good in years two and three for the reasons that you cited, but it was more important to be good in year one than maybe in year three? There's no, no
1: question, and to me, that is the, diff- the difference between this expansion team and any other. Yes, the cap had a, had a big part of that, obviously, and, and how it restricted their ability but you know they didn't just go out and say we need guys that are going to be here for 7 years you know and that's what most expansion franchises do they want long timers mm-hmm. they want people we can mold into our own well no we didn't need that they brought in winners they brought they brought in players who on paper and on the ice have shown that they've got abilities in this regard and they had a GM and a coach that were on the same page clearly, and they they sort of made this thing work in two months. Let's be frank here. Yeah, I mean this this is a good team by December. I think it's a great tribute to the front office
2: to yeah. George McPhee, the general manager. You know, as as we so much on the Spot Track podcast talk about team building yeah, and the process. And the process. Uh, I think this was brilliant to to be able to find the right players who could fit together. I mean, this is a team that didn't exist a year from now, uh, and and the chemistry was there, and the right pieces in the right places, and then the right coach. To get the most out of them, but but this is a tribute to a team
0: building. Well, they 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 what they you know the other thing that's impressive, and I mentioned they brought in you know role players too. They didn't just go for stars like a guy like Cody Eakin, right? Uh, you know, center. But this is a role play role playing guy, third line center. Yeah. You know, if you need to move up, play second line for a little bit. He can. If he could play fourth line. He will. Like, they got guys who are willing to embrace the role. And in hockey more so than any other sport, team chemistry matters. Sure. Um, it matters in that locker room. And the chemistry of the fans matters. The energy in the arena. You guys remember it here in Buffalo when the team went back-to-back finals. That was a team of, like, all too small. And, by the way, those Sabres teams that didn't make it to the Stanley Cup finals, they were all on one- and two-year contracts right there' there, there is magic behind that because typically players do have great years when their contract is up it 's just amazing how that happens so that you know that was a good plan to buy Mcphee to do that because you 're going to get guys playing their butt off, and there 's also the major league movie factor. hey, everybody thinks we 're going to suck that 's right right That's right i mean we 're a joke we 're an expansion team Cast off you know, we to go back to the start of the conversation. You know, let's go show them something.
1: All right, right? one negative on this, because this is Vegas and this was an expansion team and they were 500 to 1 to start this year, right? From what I've read, only 20 bets were made on that 500 to 1. That's it, huh? Wow. And the highest was a $20 bet. So, so how is the the team insane
2: Vegas is going to get their their doors cleaned here on this? Well,
1: because there were plenty at 300 and 200 to 1 that came in, you know, once things started to get rolling a little bit. But, but. You're in the the city where gambling's a able to happen and you've got a brand new team and you're not gonna just gonna throw ten bucks on your team. Good point. H- how are you not doing this? I do not <laughs> understand point. how hundreds of people didn't do this. A lot of the sports books are happy people didn't Ugh. do that. So Gracious.
0: yeah, you know what what's gonna be interesting when Seattle comes in, yeah. you know, the expectations in Seattle is <laughs> they're gonna be able to do the same thing, and you know, many have speculated, well, there's no way the NHL are gonna let them have the same rules and same setup and well, my point is, well, Seattle's paying like six hundred yeah, million. Yeah, yes, to they to will. To get
1: in, so you better believe they're expecting the same setup here yeah. to build a team. Speaking of expectations, though, how about these uh, Oakland Raiders and John Gruden coming to coming to Vegas in a couple of years? Well, I mean, that talk about some big shoes to fill.
0: That is the other brilliant thing, right? Yeah, I mean they jumped the Raiders. Yeah, and and grabbed everybody's hearts here.
1: It, it, I mean, it's going to be an unbelievable ceiling for that team now, and I'm not sure they're going to be in a position roster wise where they're going to be, you know. One of the favorites to be winning at that point, you know, in, in right. a year and a half or so, wherever we get there. Um, but you know, it, it, we've it's they've shown they can do it. That's certainly a city that can embrace a sports team. We'll see what happens when they're not winning, you know, every other day. But uh, right, uh, yeah, like I said, this is uh, you know, a high bar for sports in general. I think you're going to start hearing about baseball and basketball being talked there. There's also there's already a. A Triple A team, baseball wise. There's the winter, the summer league for basketballs there. So they do kind of do like their uh, minor league system in terms of Vegas. So there's a lot going on there. But I think this is just a, a recipe for more, really. Well, and many thought
0: uh, that the fans wouldn't support it because they didn't have enough. Uh, you know, there's a lot of service. Hockey in the desert. Right? Yeah, <laughs> hockey in the desert. Yeah, and a lot but, of people uh... work
2: nights there. Too interesting. That's right. yeah. part right. of it. You're part of the demographic sure. there.
0: But they, 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 you know, give them credit. They, they showed up and they're doing it right. It's just an amazing story. We'll see how that one plays out. All right, let's. Uh, we're going to move on to football here and some NFL holdouts. Yeah, here, not
2: technically holdouts yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah. just but, whining, real. But organized <laughs> team activities have started around the NFL this week, and there's a pretty good list of. Pro Bowl-level players why? who have chosen not to show up why do we to call voluntary workouts. All
0: right, yeah, Why do we call organized team activities? That's
2: like, what they call them. It's you know.
0: so stupid. Can't we just say workouts?
1: Because <laughs> there's because there's different versions of yes, the workouts. Yes,
2: because there's workouts with no footballs. There's workouts I'm, with footballs. Yeah. There's workouts with 11-on-11s.
1: Look, Fonzie. When you can get concussions, when you can't, <laughs> yeah. all those things. That's
0: why I say, look, Fonzie, get off the water skis here. We didn't <laughs> need to jump the Sharks. We didn't have specific names. Right. And every team's got to... T-shirts for every month of a workout, like... What they were having to put on the Hans and Franz stuff and get in the gym and pump iron. It's called working You're out. You're dating yourself, guys. They're Kevin. supposed to do that. <laughs> I don't know. When they came out with OTAs, organized team act, I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard yeah. of. But right, that but anyway.
2: said, there's a lot of guys who have chosen not to show up, again, too voluntary, but, but there's a it's message dumb. there. Because they know it's dumb. Well, but there's a yeah. message there because normally these guys do show up, but a lot of them are not happy with where their contracts are at, and it's a pretty good list of guys. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Donald. Julio Jones, Le'Veon Bell, Khalil Mack are all "quote unquote" holding out at the moment.
1: Yeah, this is sort of the uh, the fake holdout, right? Because, like I said, it's a voluntary workout. There's no money lost. There's no. There's no. You're not getting paid to go to these workouts. None of that exists. For some players, it is it is expected that you go to this workout in order to earn your workout bonus for, by the end of the summer. So there there is some stipulation in terms of that with a few of these contracts. But it's generally the workout bonus is peanuts for these players. So it's going to be, uh, you know, if they're looking for millions, they're not going to worry about $25,000 in terms of how that lays out. So, By, by the way,
0: let me just add. A workout bonus. Yeah,
1: it's pretty unbelievable.
0: So we have to pay you to work out, so you're in shape, so I could pay you fifteen yeah. million.
1: We ha- no, we have to, we have to pay you so that you you'll show you'll up. Promise to come. Yeah, it's not, it's not going. <laughs> we know lose. you're going to be in it's shape because we know you you're play. not
2: going to lift weights unless <laughs> yeah. we pay you. It's yeah. we want you to be there, so yeah. we'll pay you. It's essentially a pay you to be this,
0: there. This is no well, so these players not showing up to me is no different. Than the Bruce Smith principal when he played for Buffalo Paul. remember? Oh yeah. When Bruce Smith practiced training camp?
1: Nope. Nope. Did anybody worry? Did
0: anybody worry about it? Nope.
1: Nope. They shouldn't have. Who was no. it? Who's it recently? It's Favre, right? Favre didn't do any training camp yeah. ever, right? Ever. He was like the, one of the first quarterbacks to do nothing with his team for yeah. weeks and weeks, and it's still, it still worked out fine for him. Yeah. So yeah, they, people have shown they can do it. I mean, we've had baseball players just this season miss completely miss spring training because they didn't have a contract. And, uh, and they're, they're fine. fine. They're yes. still hitting their, uh, you know, striking out nine times and hitting a home run on the yeah. 10th bet. So, right. Well, um. I remember
0: there was one, there was, I'm going to go and slide back to hockey. We'll not name the player, but there there was a player that, you know, teams get these players in and they make them work out. And they made this, this player had to get to a certain body percent fat mm-hmm. and lost his weight leaner and was freaking miserable. And production went down. And several teammates said they should have just left him alone. He was he was fat, happy, and good. Yep.
1: Right. So <laughs> you know. so that's becoming a little more prevalent with these contracts. Are these these weight bonuses? And it, it's in lieu of actually showing up. You've got to come in and you've got to weigh in eight nine times throughout the summer. That's I've seen it quite a lot. Um, generally with like a defensive lineman who who kind of let it go a little bit over the winter, and, <laughs> you know, and they got to tighten up a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's becoming more and more popular in terms of how these contracts are structured. But yeah, this is a This is a tough offseason in terms of how you know. I think we're halfway through the NFL offseason. I just read that today, so we're officially almost there. And these these fake workouts are sort of step one. Yeah, they'll go
2: through almost the end of June in most cases. So, so you know, but the bigger picture is that a Julio Jones who has three years left on his contract is clearly saying, "I'm not happy. Time for me to renegotiate." If you want
1: the most of me and the best of me so so let's go through that list real quick because we've got we've got Brady we, we sort of know where he's coming from this is just this is year two of his three year contract which means he, he he's in need of a signing bonus that's the Tom Brady way right right and Tom, he's also a little annoyed th- at some of the things that have gone on there maybe, too maybe but I think that could just be a lot of speculation you know people are just you know he's getting the Tom Brady treatment where we've got to find something wrong because he's a he's a perfect human being and uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I, honestly, honestly, this is just how he works with contracts. He's he signs three or four year deals by two years, he's gotten a decent amount of money, but by year three, he, he's his his salary this year is minimal. It's lower third of of quarterbacks in terms of his actual pay. So I think it's like fourteen and a half. So you know he's in need of a thirty million dollars signing bonus, like he's had three four times over the last ten years, and and that's where we are. So you know I'm he's pretty sure sort he's of,
0: got the Patriots by the cojones. Yeah,
1: it seems like it doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, Gronkowski similar, Gronkowski Gr- sort of the, uh, so Gronkowski and Julio Jones are in the same camp here. Both have a few years left in their deal. Uh, both were w- very well paid with the current deal, but we're into that fluff conversation. We're into that deal where they, if they sign long-term contracts that were only substantive for about half the contract, right? So Julio Jones got a six year deal. Only three of those years really meant anything in terms of cash and, and actual, you know substance. So we're in year four of Khalil Jones's deal, where he's he's worth ten and a half million, which is fine. But you know you just you've got guys making sixteen and seventeen million around him, and he's still arguably a top five wide receiver in the league. So you know it's it's at a point where for the last three years he's been paid well, and now he's not. So and some will some will look and at that guys and are say, past him too. But you know you're going to have a lot of people look at that and say, don't sign a six year contract then. You know, and and that's you and your agent's fault for for building in the fluff. And allowing that to look better on paper, when in reality you didn't really want those last three years, you know. And, and we're getting into the conversation of the the Kirk Cousins and these shorter contracts that mean, you know, all three four years means something in terms of cash flow, and that's where we've got to get to with these elite contracts because of this right here. You've got Gronkowski and Julio Jones, who in terms of their cash flow rank, you know, in the, outside of the top ten, you know, in terms of Julio Jones, yeah, I think he's twelfth. In terms of wide receiver pay right now, and that's why he's not happy. That's 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 it. That's the number right there. It's twelfth. Right. It's all you know, about the
0: quan. Yes, it's all now, about
1: cash flow. It, now the couple of other guys are interesting
2: because they're going into the last years of their contract, and and arguably two of the most dominant defensive yeah. players in the league, and Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack are probably not showing up because they're waiting, and obviously a little annoyed that the new contract hasn't
1: come yet. So those two are are falling victim to the rookie structure. And, uh, you know, it's a tough situation to be in. They're, they're, they're playing out their fifth-year option. They know what's coming next. We all know it. That franchise tag is lingering for those players if there's not a deal right now. Um, so, you know, they're in a tough spot because they they really don't have any leverage right now. They, they You know, they they were de facto to that four-year rookie contract. This is the fifth-year option that was part of the CBA, and they know that that franchise tag is coming. So for six years, they really have no official say other than to say I'm not going to show up for workouts and I'm going to miss a preseason game and whatever, whatever however far they want to go, um, we've seen some players go you know pretty deep into the into the preseason to, with this holdout. So look at in Khalil Max state, maybe it's a little softener because he, he had a little bit of a step back. He did. I mean yeah. he had, he had a little bit of a step back year. He wasn't as productive. He wasn't the dominating player he's been for three years there. Um, so he had a, a little bit of a setback in 2017, uh, you can't say anything about Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was one of those players who missed all the workouts last year. He, he did this last year and rightfully so he's arguably the most dominating defensive player in football, you know, JJ Watt aside, you know, but for his age on the team he's on with that Rams team, I, I mean, he is as valuable to that team as anybody, and he's extremely underpaid right now. He so, was
0: fresh, that's why. He didn't yeah, that's it. right. That's right. Yeah,
1: there's something to be said for that. By now, the speaking way, speaking
0: of what, what?
2: Just refresh everybody on what happens if guys. Again, these are voluntary, so there's no fines here. Right. But if they chose to miss a mandatory mini camp and then training camp and then preseason, what happens?
1: Right. So we've got our our voluntaries now. But in, in mid June, most teams start those mandatory workouts. And, and if you're missing days, then it's seventy grand a day. But it's it's it's. To the team's discretion, so that's important, right? So if a guy like Aaron Donald holds out, I don't think anybody's going to gripe too much, you know. And I don't think you're going to see the Rams docking him seventy grand a day to you know hold out on on a mandatory workout in mid June. From there, it gets a little a little hazier. Every training camp day you miss is thirty grand, which is which can add up quickly because you know we've, you're talking about weeks there in terms of training camps. Um, and then once preseason starts, that's all on your pay. So if you miss a preseason game, you're gonna you're gonna be docked one seventeenth. Uh, of your 2018 salary, even though is, the
2: guys don't technically get paid for the preseason games,
1: right? Right. right. They it's, look. They look forward to the 2018 base salary, and, and they'll take you take one seventeenth of every game.
0: Now, it. is that automatic, or is that still the team's? Discretion? Again,
1: all of it is team's discretion. Oh, well, we had this. There you go. We had oh, this with I Cam know. Chancellor, where the right. C- where Seattle basically worked out a deal with Cam Chancellor, right? Right. And then you know it, it all worked out in the end. Here's but, the deal: uh, you show up and play for the regular
0: season, we'll waive
1: it. Look yeah. at look at. There's uh there's going to be more and more of this skip the co- skip the college bowl to get ready for NFL yeah. in the NFL. This is going to happen. I think sure. and yeah. you're going to see guys who just don't want to work out in the summer or don't want to work out with the team. I don't blame them. <laughs> Let's get there no, I, because there's a lot of that yeah, happening. Too. No,
0: I, I don't blame them because you yeah. know what? They they've real players have realized, you know what? I got a month off. Yeah. Like I got a month to live my life in the place where I want to live it and the rest I got to spend working out all the time like it it's got to be like that's not the pro life
2: is it going you know, to like, be geographically uh, related? It's in some cases, right? It's
1: interesting, yeah, yeah.
2: Guys, a lot of guys live in Miami. They mean more willing to show up at Dolphins camp than if they would be going to Green Bay. I mean, is that is that a factor? I, I,
0: I think, I, I think guys, they are not they the pressure that they face during the season, training camp in the season. And I think they're realizing, you know, what I can get myself in shape and perform. When they've yeah. proven themselves with the big money contract, I don't need to go out there and and do a workout. I can do at my gym here in Miami Beach. Right. Yeah, which
2: I, is which is my point. Where yes. while well, they're called workouts, all these guys are in shape. They all keep them. Most of them keep themselves in good shape. It has more to do with what you said, Kevin. Moving up, packing up getting out of where they, you know, it's guys don't come in out of shape rarely, if ever, anymore.
0: Hey, uh, before we, we're going to shift the baseball here, but I want to mention two things. Hey, for those of you listening on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. Make it a good one. But leave us a review on I Just be honest with it. Uh, iTunes, leave us a review there. Love Mike and Paul. Not so sure about Kevin. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was actually my review I wrote. Um, and then there is a Major League Baseball trade candidate article that uh, will be up on SpotTrack.com, so be sure to look for that. But we want to uh, close out this week's podcast talking about Robinson Cano mm. and the, well, as you've deemed it, Mike, the unlikely PED suspension of Robinson I, I was surprised.
1: Know. I don't know if you. I was definitely surprised. I mean, I, I'm not surprised if this is 2009 and he's still a Yankee because it seems like pretty much everybody in that locker room was dirty. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where it all stems from. I mean, yeah. you've heard you've heard people kind of kind of you know, bat an eyelash at that situation in terms of uh, former Yankees and guys who've been around that crew a little bit and the
0: old Bash Brothers and the Yankees. Yeah, right? nobody's really
1: uh, questioning you know anybody from back th- in those days. But uh, look at it, it's 2018. These, these there's been less PED suspensions. A lot less. A lot less. And this guy's, you know, got a two hundred forty million dollar contract. So it's not like he's, you know, gearing up for his next big deal. Yeah. He's on it. He's in the middle of his next big deal. And so, he did,
0: tested positive for a masking agent.
1: Yep. Is what it was. But but they but, did the diligence yeah. to find out that it was masking something. Well that's why you don't it,
0: take a masking agent unless you're trying to Well separate. that's why <laughs> it
1: that's why it took what three months for this actually to come forward yeah. is they, they, they popped them in December. For the masking agent, and then they took three months to actually do the science on it and find out that yes, he actually was covering something up. So it's legitimate from what, everything I've heard, and it makes absolutely no sense to me. And it begs the question: you know, what aren't what isn't MLB doing to make this go away? Because if a guy making this much money is still doing steroids, right? What what do they have to do? Because obviously, you know, $11 million loss, which is what he's going to forfeit, isn't enough. Wow. means nothing to him. Wow. Because he's still going to make
2: $240 million contract. Well, he's still
1: going to make $13 million this year yeah. because oh. he gets paid for, for off days. He, 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 he forfeits 80 game checks, right? He, and they get paid league days. They get paid 186 league days this year. So he, he's going to pop for 80 days. Out of that 186, and he'll make the 13 million. uh, You know that doesn't include those 80 days. days. That's unbelievable. And probably 50 of those games he'll be on the disabled list for with a broken hand. That's another gripe to have. We haven't had this really come up yet, but a guy who's been popped and injured. Apparently, those things can coexist. So that's got to change. I mean, that's I don't think nobody's going to argue with that. So that's got to go away. 30, they'll miss him. You know, 30 games. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. so that's going to have to change. I think the CBA will take care of that coming around, but. Um, you know, the big, the big really question here is, you know, if this guy's willing to forfeit $11 million, which is what he's done, he can't go to the playoffs. That's a big deal. If Seattle, you know, they're yeah. contending right now and they, they've been contending for a few years um, and he's pretty much canceled his trip to Cooperstown. I mean, those are the ramifications. That's where we are. Right. And, and, and quite frankly, we're not even sure on that last one yet. No, it seems not. like guys are getting closer. And by the time he's around, Who knows? You know, maybe there's a Time will maybe there's a, a long wing long. in Cooperstown at that yeah. point for those guys. So maybe he'll just go to that wing instead of the, the main wing. But uh, look, there's something to be said here, and it, and it's a financial conversation that needs to happen here. I think I think we've, they've taken away everything baseball activity wise they can do. They've you know they've they've suspended him from the regular season. They've suspended him from the playoffs, and you know the Hall of Fame is uh, at this point keeping him out. So baseball is, itself has done enough. To me, there's two conversations. One is contractual, and one is team. To me, the team does not get enough ram of of ramification from this. The team doesn't do enough to police this because they don't they don't get hurt enough by this. So I don't know what that conversation is. You know, I, there's a lot of smarter people who have talked about this before, but but for me, uh, the the fact that Seattle let this happen and, and weren't doing their own due diligence on this is a problem because this is their superstar. This is a guy they're paying 250 million dollars. You know, and they've agreed to a guaranteed contract for that. So the fact that in the middle of this contract, this has happened, is a, is a Mariners problem as much as it's a baseball problem, as much as a canoe problem. Um, but let's let's kind of switch gears to where you know we kind of fall into place here, and that's the contract. Um, the, the the problem for me going forward is that Robinson Cano still has 120 million guaranteed from here out. Yeah, that should, untouched. Sh- that shouldn't be right, untouched unless he's yeah. popped again, of course. But right. but th- th- that, just, that just can't happen anymore. Right, and that's a union problem. That's a that's a CBA problem. But if guys like this are still willing to to risk it and still willing to do it, then something else has to happen. And for me, it's it's about the word guarantee. To you know, you don't have to void the contract. A lot of people have have, have said that to me in t- in passing in social media and things like that. I don't see them ever voiding the contract. You know, unless maybe this is his third offense or something like yeah, that. Cause it,
0: well, the team wouldn't want that that because they want to hang on to the player. That's the problem. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. still an all star. So right. Yeah.
1: So. to to me it's about taking away the guarantee and what do I mean by that it it goes to the it goes to the team right we've got guys like Albert Pujols and you know Jason Hayward you know players like that on terrible contracts right now because they had to sign 12-year contracts back in the day when that was happening um and you know and they're gonna be 42 years old and barely able to walk to first base you know and but worth 25 million dollars a year still so you know if there's a way to get around that and ensure guys aren't going to cheat while on those contracts, because look at a guy like Pujols, you could see him using some sort of agents, right? You know, masking agent right now because he's broken down. He can't recover. He's injured all the time. You know, you would understand a guy like that trying to revive his career. Rafael Palmero, That's, that's the perfect example. He did right. it. He was 40 something years old and tried to revive his career with a PED, even though he lied in Congress, Congress, in front of Congress about it. But, uh, <laughs> But but look at it. here. Here's what needs to happen, in my opinion. Guy like Cano, he's made 170 million dollars already. He's got 120 million left. If at this point, because he's been popped and officially found, you know, guilty of this, if they took away the guarantees, now when he's 38 years old and he can't play for anything, his last six years are no longer guaranteed. So Seattle can basically say, "All right, we're done with you. You know, we're gonna we're gonna void out of this last three years." What what is that it, it's gonna do? It's going to shorten our contracts, which is what we want anyway. We want, we, I don't want Bryce Harper signing a 15-year contract anywhere. I don't care where it is. We need shorter contracts, more impactful contracts, and, if, and then the ramifications of the PED need to include some sort of, of voiding of guarantee so that the team has some sort of control if this happens again or if this player who really needed PEDs to be a, to, to be a star. Because let's be honest, if, if he's half the player you know, without them, Right, then Seattle doesn't want him. Right, they're not going to want him anymore. They're not going to want him for the, six more years. The so. reward
0: is so high.
1: Right, that's right. And I feel like this news, when you hear it, you're like, "Oh, they got another guy." Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this It'll one's be... different though. This right. one's different to me because he's already paid. He's already so yeah. well paid. Uh, he he's not doing this to try yeah, to get what was himself the motivation. At, uh, that's right. That's right. And that's where baseball needs to sit back and say, "What what are we doing wrong here?" Because this guy should not be popped right now. This guy should have been popped four or five years ago when this contract was was coming. Right. We would, have, we would have not tolerated it but understood a guy like that, you know. So I, there's more, more needs to be done. That's just where my bottom line here, and I think it has to do with the guaranteed money and, and uh, you know, go from there. I think, you know, as a fan of sports, yeah, I, I want
0: players to be clean. Yeah. And I know there's supplements they can take that are legal supplements to help them. Um, and, you know, I know leagues are trying to be uh, – move forward – uh, with some things to help players cope with injuries and such. And you can understand everything's at stake where, you know, players think, and they've done this with Olympic athletes, hey, would you, if, if I told you you'd die at 50, would you take this so you could win a gold medal, right? And they all say yes.
2: Absolutely. they Almost right? all of them say yes. Yes. I, I just. I,
1: it's mind-blowing, mind, it's, mind blowing, it's, but they do. So it, it's the mentality even if it's the a athlete. competitive thing, right? Even, even if it's I got to be my best, Right. I mean, Robinson Cano is already going to be one of the top two right. second basemen of oh, all time. How about Barry Bonds of all time? How about Barry Bonds? He was Same a Hall thing. of
0: Famer before, Same and thing. all of a sudden, the, you know, the home run record,
2: right? Yeah, like yeah, just needed the these spotlight. These guys are so competitive yeah. that that it, it it drives them to to ignore all of that logic because they're just so driven to be competitive and maybe it was as simple as Robinson Cano not no longer being the best second baseman in Major League Baseball and not being able to live with that anymore.
1: I got 120 million reasons why he should be okay with it. Right. (laughs) I'm with you with that. All right, fascinating stuff. You could look at
0: Robinson's uh, contract. Um, on SpotTrack.com. And don't forget to uh, look out for the baseball trade candidates article. And be sure again to give us a review. If you listen on iTunes, leave us a review right there on iTunes. That's going to do it for this week's edition of the SpotTrack.com podcast. For SpotTrack.com founder Mike Giannetti and Paul Pack, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening.